0: And welcome to the Good Old Days podcast. This is not your average bear. This is not your regular episode. This is the first in our Saturday short stack series. This is a little snippet from our latest episode, episode seven on the New York Draft Riots. That episode came out to almost an hour and a half long, and I had to edit it down to about forty-five minutes. So we were left with a lot of great content uh, that we wanted to, you know, share, roll out slowly. Uh, This particular clip is Jasmine and I dissecting the Emancipation Proclamation, abolition versus equality in regards to American slavery, and a few of Abraham Lincoln's own words in regards to abolition of slavery two points of correction for you as you listen to this clip. Uh, In the beginning, I do say that South Carolina seceded from the Union in January of 1861. That is incorrect. They seceded in December of 1860. I believe it was December 20th. And I also say that uh, they are followed by seven other Confederate states. It was actually seven states total. So just a few correction points there. Nobody's perfect, but wanted to make sure you had the facts up front. All right, here we go. I'm going to drop you in right here. The Civil War is fought between the United States Federal Army and the uh, CSA, the Confederate States of America. South Carolina seceded from the Union in, I believe, January of 1861. And what, seven states follow after that? Now, what follows is the bloodiest conflicts in American history up to that point. Uh, I think rough estimates are about 600,000 people died, either from uh, battle wounds, mostly from disease. Uh, But there are pockets of violence that are not necessarily related to organized battles. And that's what we're going to get into today, the New York draft riots.
1: And often when we're discussing the American Civil War, we tend to use the terms Union, Confederacy, North, South, and those regions and those Different armies hold distinct, distinct, I guess, feelings with them, um, and we tend to attach like this staunch pro-abolition idea with the Union and with the North, and pro-slavery sentiment with the Confederacy and with the South. And overwhelmingly, the Confederacy from its outset is is seeking to preserve slavery. It's looking to preserve its what it thinks is its rights to slavery and that whole states rights argument really just kind of folds into that because well states rights for what as our friend yeah as our friend Bridget would to, would say states rights to do what and it's to preserve slavery and although the north isn't directly opposed to that because of course their their economy is running off of this too their initial idea is to preserve the union and eventually that'll fold into the ideas
0: I believe Alexander Stevens, the VP of the Confederacy, when the Confederacy is being established in 1861, I believe he was quoted as saying one of the core tenets of the Confederacy is the supremacy of white people over black people. That is one of the core tenets of the Confederacy.
1: Absolutely. And if we dive into all of those orders of secession from each state, they almost all include something about slavery, whether it's preservation, their right to expand it, their right to do what they want. And the thing that always gets me is Lincoln doesn't expressly disagree with them. He says, in several of his different debates as he's getting into becoming president, that he has no desire to essentially attach himself to this idea of abolishing slavery within his presidency. And there's, you know, all sorts of things that we can go into that. And if anyone listening knows me, you already kind of know my opinion on Lincoln. The great emancipator. How how true is that? I do think he absolutely preserved the union. What I don't think he should necessarily get all the credit for is is again emancipation. He does sign the emancipation proclamation that we'll get into, but it only applies to certain people in certain places.
0: And it's more of a political maneuver, right? As you've studied, England and France were about to get into the war in 18 I mean, middle of 1863 on the side of the south. And if that happened, well, the U.S., the federal army, the federal government was going to be in really, really bad shape.
1: Yes. Yeah. So England and France were ready to get involved on behalf of the Confederacy. And if they had done that, the North wouldn't have stood a chance. So it is a political maneuver. It's to keep foreign nations from getting involved in the Civil War, which then would have turned this into the First World War, essentially.
0: And how does that keep foreign nations from getting involved. why exactly? What is it about the Emancipation Proclamation that says to foreign nations we we now cannot get into the war on the side of the Confederacy? What what does that do exactly?
1: There's this big movement towards what I've always referred to as moralist politics. So a lot of countries are looking to essentially take care of their citizens, move out of feudalism if they haven't already. So you have the emancipation of the serfs in Russia in 1861, the same year that, you know, the civil war is starting. You have Britain has already abolished the slave trade, abolished slavery, and they are looking to expand their social programs. So today it's You know, they exist in the in the ways of um, like housing for the less fortunate, any kind of additional programs to help bolster their own population. Same with France and much of Europe is following in those footsteps. And all of these countries have gotten rid of slavery in in within their own country. They've abolished the slave trade. You've got All of that happening. So if they were to get involved now in a war that is explicitly about slavery, and the Emancipation Proclamation does that, it changes this war from this ambiguous states' rights versus keeping the union together to no, this is now about slavery. This is what we're fighting for or against. And those countries just can't, in good conscience, and really honestly, in PR, I don't think. When we get down to the nitty gritty politics, any politician at that point particularly cared about the individual enslaved people that were here. But from a PR perspective, if they are to get involved, it's not going to go well with their constituents. It's not going to go well on the world stage. Now, just
0: to drive home, essentially Lincoln's thoughts on slavery, would you like me to read this little blurb uh, from the Lincoln-Douglas debates or do you want to read that?
1: Yeah, go ahead and read that. This is a blurb from Lincoln's first debate with Douglas. So this is in the 1850s when they're gearing up the late 1850s when they're gearing up for a presidential election. And of course, we're in an election year. So it's particular, particularly pertinent. And I picked this blurb. This is from the first one, just to give you an idea of what Lincoln is saying before he gets elected on slavery. So Maggie, take it away. My first impulse would be to
0: free all the slaves and send them to Liberia, to their own native land. But a moment's reflection would convince me that whatever of high hope, as I think there is, there may be in this, in the long run, its sudden execution is impossible. If they were all landed there in a day, they would all perish in the next ten days, and there is not surplus shipping and surplus money enough in the world to carry them there many times in ten days. What then? Free them all and keep them among us as underlings? Is it quite certain that this betters their condition? I think I would not hold one in slavery at any rate, yet the point is not clear enough to me to denounce people upon. What next? Free them and make them politically or socially our equals? My own feelings will not admit this, and if mine would, we well know that those of the great mass of white people will not. Whether this feeling accords with justice and sound judgment is not the sole question, if indeed is any part of it. A universal feeling, whether well or ill-founded, cannot be safely disregarded. We cannot then make them equals. It does seem to me that systems of gradual emancipation might be adopted. But further tardiness in this, I will not undertake to judge our brethren of the South.
1: Lincoln is accused of being a radical abolitionist and this is what he's saying. So what Maggie does that tell you about abolitionists in the mid 1800s and what what they're holding as radical ideals? Does it line up with what you think of an abolitionist today?
0: Well, I mean it it's ab, to me abolition does not necessarily equal equality because when he brings up the the equality question, he he says himself his own feelings don't admit this. You know that that's a little too far for him. Uh, so I think a lot of people, when you look back, like with 2020 eyes, you see the term abolitionist, and and that says, oh, that's a person who wants to abolish slavery and you know provide equality for everyone in the U.S. But that is certainly not what that meant.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And it's passages like this, because there's a lot of these that I could pull from this one is just his first foray, almost into talking like this in a very public and official way. And it just, to me, is such a good example of why we have to know the definitions of things within their own time and Even though we can't necessarily judge them, as you were explaining with 2020 eyes, looking at, hey, even this person that is known as the great emancipator doesn't agree with equality and supports sending people literally to a country that they have... They've never set foot on. Let's let's face it. By 18, 1858, there are no people in the United States that have been brought from from Liberia. So they're going. They're going to be sent to a place that they've never been. Don't know the language of. Don't know necessarily all the cultural customs of. And again, there's this idea that all enslaved people originated from africa and that's true to a certain extent but also a lot of people that were enslaved in the united states by this point have been brought through south america they might have native american roots and there's going to be like this combination of cultures. so it's just incredibly ignorant of essentially the whole process and what everyone has been through that is enslaved in this country at that point <laughs>